Hello there. This is an incoming transmission from Obi-Wan Kenobi. Welcome to the Credible Nerds podcast with Mark and Justin. This is the podcast you're looking for. Don't go about your business. Stay here. Well, go about your business and listen. And then you can move along. Move along. Makes Productions and the Credible Nerds present Reasons Why the Phantom Menace is a Great Star Wars Movie. Welcome everyone to the Credible Nerds Podcast. My name is Justin, and today we have a special guest with us, Harry. Hi everybody. And it's been a while since we had you on our podcast. Uh, I think the last episode was we were talking solo. And this is episode five of our Star Wars podcast, Arguments as to Why the Phantom Menace is a Great Star Wars Movie. Previous episodes, uh, one through four, we've talked about the Jedi, the Force, uh, the Senate, the different planets, and this time we'll be talking about Darth Sidious and his machinations. I remember when we first saw the title announcement for episode one, that it was the Phantom Menace. Uh, I was a little, not necessarily confused, but in wonder, I was like, well, what does that mean? You know, who... Or what is the Phantom Menace? What about for you, Harry? When the title was announced, or you first heard the title, what was your, what were your thoughts regarding Episode One and the title? I was kind of the same, same as you. Like, what is this menace that's uh, menacing the galaxy? <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and who is it? The menace going to be against? You know, is it the Senate? Is it the galaxy as a whole? Is it the Jedi? Yeah, yeah. And so I think as we saw more like previews and trailers, it started to come into focus with, um, you know, it was Darcidius or Chancellor Palpatine. So, uh, and I was wondering, like you, how does he menace the galaxy? And, you know, what's his role going to be? And is he going to be out there with everybody? Or is he going to be in the shadows? What the title kind of alludes to that. But so it's interesting to see how it all started out and played out. And so as the, the story goes on, like with episode two and three, and then it ties into the original trilogy, um, we were able to see how Darth Sidious or Chancellor Palpatine kind of came into power, you know, what his role was, what his, his goals were. Um, and it's it's been a while since we recorded our last episode because we were coming up on episode nine, The Rise of Skywalker. And I was as we were doing the previous episodes, I started to wonder, you know, how the rise of Skywalker is going to affect this podcast and the episodes we're doing. And so I wanted to wait until we actually saw the, the rise of Skywalker. And as far as this episode goes, I mean, we get a lot of, like, we get a lot more of the Phantom Menace, Darth Sidious in episode nine. I mean, he, he ends up being a big deal in that movie, which is the final movie of the whole Star Wars saga that we've been exposed to so far. So when we went to Star Wars Celebration, we were teased. Uh, we were there at the, you know, at that panel in the big stadium with the big screen. And we saw the trailer for episode nine for the first time. And then we heard Darth Sidious's evil laugh. And actually, you know, the actor that plays him, Ian McDermott, came out on the stage and, you know, he said, roll it again. I mean, anybody who was there was, was going to remember that. So you were there with us, Carrie. What did, you, you know, what were your thoughts on when you, we initially saw Ian McDiarmid come out, we heard the evil laugh, that type of thing. I'm pretty much in shock, I guess. Um, like everybody in the room, there was that stunned silence. Yeah, it was pretty shocking to hear his voice just, you know, unexpectedly. Like you said, we were all in silence. And my first thoughts were, you know, how did he survive the events of Return of the Jedi? I mean, we all walked away from that ending thinking he was dead. 
So I was just, you know, wondering how he survived. Um, like as, as far as concretely, you know, what happened when he fell down the shaft? Did he really die? Did he explode? Like we were all led to believe at the end of episode six, or some people are speculating that he fell down and he was rescued by some Sith acolytes or Sith, you know, some bad guys picked him up and carried him off. Or, you know, I don't, I don't know what happened because it's never really fully defined as of yet. But my speculation is that he did, you know, die physically, his body exploded or whatever the case may be. But in his essence, his Sith spirit or, you know, whatever was, you know, escaped into the universe and he was able to eventually go back to Exegol where we find him in Rise of Skywalker. And I think maybe his backup plan was he had clone bodies or, you know, something that he was able to survive and become more than just a spirit again. So I don't, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that or had any speculation going through your mind, Harry. Uh, the clones was probably the biggest, the, the way I was leaning the most was, and I kind of thought, well, maybe that's a, a cool tie-in to the books that are yes or no canon now, yeah. um, where he had all of his clones and was a continuing threat. Um, it kind of shows that maybe, you know, cloning technology that he had access to wasn't that um, advanced. And you have this decrepit, not quite right clone body that needs a vast machine to keep it alive. Yeah. Yeah, so he goes back to basically being a phantom menace again. And in the crawl of episode nine, the first things we see are that, you know, the dead speak and that Palpatine is, is he has a voice again and he's calling for the Sith to rise and the final order. And we learn all about that. So in between episode six and nine, he's basically back to being the phantom menace and in the shadows, controlling, trying to control things and set up. This final order, which I thought was a great idea, um, I wish we would have actually seen it come to pass or, you know, see more than what we just did where we are introduced to the concept and then by the end of the movie, everything is destroyed. But I thought as far as the idea wise, I thought that was pretty cool. I did too. Um, at the beginning of, of episode eight, you're like, okay, who is, who's this new leader? Why, why all of a sudden did the First Order come back? But it's not that it really came back. It was just reorganized by the same bad guy that's been pulling strings since episode one. We yeah. just didn't realize it for three new episodes. Yeah. Yeah, and I was I was wondering, you know, I, I don't know if uh, Darth Sidious was the end game all along or if it was after Snoke died in episode eight and they're like, okay, now what? Who's, you know, who's going to be the big bad? If was- I want to think that it was planned all along. And because I'm a true believer in Star Wars, and I want to say that the the story's been coherent from beginning to end, even if people try to say, well, they had to retcon this or that to make the story flow. It's like, no, it's been a plan all along. You just didn't know it. Yeah. And I think they had to have some idea that, okay, if Snoke gets killed in episode eight, um, you know, who is the the final puppeteer or who is in charge of the, the first order? You know, they can't just leave it oh well he's dead now and you know there's no one else so i think they had that whether it was narcissus or not they had to have an idea of okay someone's still behind everything and i i like you i'd like to believe it was sidious so anyways um if so back to episode one so we have this thread of the sith of Darcidius of chancellor palpatine um, starts in episode one and goes all the way through the films and ends in episode nine. So that's that's a pretty good plan that he has. I mean, he's pretty good at setting up the the playing board and playing everybody to the best uh, of his ability, which is pretty good. Uh, I don't know if you've seen any of the Clone Wars episodes, 
Perry, but um, in the later seasons, uh, he shows up quite a bit for being a phantom menace. Um, and he's still pulling the, the strings on people. And it's it's a great storyline, a great um, through line that we get throughout all the movies and, and the, the animated series too. So in my mind, he's one of the greatest villains of all time that we've ever seen. Um, he basically has seven movies and a few episodes in a animated series you know what other villain how do we have in in uh, movies and stuff that has had such a extended story or fleshed out story than than this guy yeah he's in the top three for sure um the only one that comes even remotely close would be sauron um and and that's it you know so maybe there's only two and all the rest are uh, pale comparisons because one or two movies maybe but they don't have quite the uh world spanning or in Sidious case a galaxy spanning power everybody else is just a bad guy in a story not a bad guy in a whole bunch of stories right yeah and most villains that we see in movies and I think it's a a trope that gets overused and needs to change but you know, we were introduced to the villain in the start of the movie and the hero vanquishes him by the end of the movie. And then we never really see him again. And if he, if he's that, if the villain is that weak or not that good, then I think that affects the hero as well. And it just shows that maybe we need stronger, more complex villains than just these, you know, one and done type things. And I think the villain should be set up to define the hero better and to help us you know, develop the hero character better. And so if he's able to beat him in a two-hour film or something, I mean, it's not really that memorable in my mind. I agree. Um, I think that's where comic books show their strength, where uh, these villains are not just in, in one or two issues. Um, you know, Dr. Octopus was Spider-Man's arch enemy for you know, years and decades, really. Um, and these people keep coming back and back. You defeat them, you throw them in jail, but then they come back somehow. Yeah. Or you think you defeat them and then they come back. And which is the same with Sidious here. Everyone thought he was gone. And then all of a sudden he's pulling the strings again. Yeah. I like that point. That's a good point. Um, I didn't really think about comics and that's, that's true. I mean, in comic books, no one ever really dies. They, they find a way to come back. And this is what we see with him. So I think in comic books, yeah, maybe we do have villains who have the longevity of Darth Sidious. But as far as TV and film, we don't, you know, he's probably one of the top ones, him and Sauron. But even Sauron's defeated. He's introduced in in um, The Hobbit, I guess you could say. And then he's defeated at the end. But I don't know, that's a different different um, beast, I guess. So Yeah, there's, there's really none in movies um, really, other than the Marvel Universe, and now what DC is trying to do, there isn't um, like a real legacy of movies where a continuing story goes for nine episodes plus multiple um, animated series. There's really nothing else that compares, and part of that is the strength of the villains. The you know villains you know, in total: um, Darth Sidious, Darth Vader, Darth Maul, um, the Sith in general provide a great villainy that allows it to last and last and last. And then into the, just the expanded universe of star Wars, the Sith have been around forever and have been a thorn in the side of the Jedi for pretty much all of recorded history. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah so back to Phantom Menace, um, we're introduced first in, in the order of the film, we're first introduced to Darth Sidious in the hologram form. 
And then later we're introduced to Chancellor Palpatine, who, spoiler alert, are the same person. <laughs> uh, it was funny because when we, when episode three first came out, we, me and my wife went and saw it in theaters and she didn't realize that they were the same person. <laughs> she was like, when they revealed that, when Anakin confronts Palpatine in his office and is like, you're the Sith Lord we were looking for. She's like, what? So, but, you know, she's a Star Wars fan, but she's not like hardcore. She watches them and likes them and stuff, but she's not. I don't think she's alone. Yeah. Well, I, I think not. there was, was a it. lot of people that were like, wait, what? Yeah. If, yeah, if, if that was a reveal to you, that's, that's awesome. I mean. Right. That they pulled it off. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um, is it, does it matter or what's the significance, I guess, of we're introduced to Darth Sidious first as opposed to Palpatine? Um, I think it uh, just throws the Phantom Menace right out there. You have this hooded figure that's obviously pulling the strings of the Trade Federation because they're definitely in fear of him and doing what he says. And who is this guy? Yeah. And then you're introduced to Palpatine, and he's a kindly old senator from a, <laughs> you know, kind of a small backwater country or, or planets. And they can't be one and the same because this one dude is pulling strings and this other guy, he's just a senator. Yeah, yeah that's a great uh, dichotomy there, a great um, yin-yang type thing. Nice guy. You know, he couldn't be the bad guy. It's impossible. But, he uh, could play Santa Claus at the office party. He, you yeah. know, he's just He's a nice guy, and he's trying to help everybody and make things better, and he's kind of a peace lover that, you know, maybe we need to just sign the treaty for now. And yeah, he comes across as someone who you wouldn't suspect, but he has this grand plan, which his plan was to create a war, a trade disagreement on the planet Naboo and force um, the, the Supreme Chancellor to do something. But yet he knew the Supreme Chancellor wasn't strong enough or he had dirt on him or something. So he couldn't act in the way that was, you know, he should, where he would, look into it personally or make it more of a priority than what he ended up doing it with Chancellor Valorum, the previous chancellor. So his his plan was to create this war that would eventually get the Chancellor Valorum deposed and then he would be able to step in and become the chancellor, the leader. Pretty pretty cool plan. I mean, I always wondered, well, what happened if one of the other guys, because there was three guys that were up for chancellor. I was like, well, what happened if one of the other guys would have made it, <laughs> would have been voted in? What was the plan then? Uh, mysterious death. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> Someone gets poisoned and or their ship blows up on the way to work. You know, some, yeah. So so his plan was to create that conflict and um, use the Trade Federation as the bad guys. I'm surprised they didn't realize, you know, no matter what happens, they're going to be the patsy and they're going to go down or they're going to be blamed at least for what happens. Uh, wasn't it in Phantom Menace at one point after he talked with them, um, the two main uh, Nemodians were, this deal keeps getting worse and worse. Yeah. Yeah. So I wonder what the deal was at first, you know, how did he present his plan to them to make it enticing and like, oh yeah, that's a good idea. We should do that. Yeah. I've always wondered about that. Um, It's, you know, those background details that really don't matter, but you're at the same time as a, a a big Star Wars fan, the the ones that look deeper into the stories, like what exactly was that deal? Why did they decide to, to risk war and uh, spend all the money because those droids have to cost a lot of money and it seems to be money is the only thing they care about. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the beauty of Star Wars, right? You get this simple concept, but yet as you more think about it more, you're like, oh, well, what about this? What about that? 
And you, you just have to dig deeper to know more, but there isn't any more. So then you just start speculating and, you know, theorizing. And that's, that's the beauty of Star Wars. And a lot of movies aren't able to pull that off. So it's always good to do that with Star Wars. So 100% Darth Sidious, agree. He has this plan. He comes up with it, executes it. Um, the bad guys lose the, the Trade Federation and the droids, but hey, he wins. You know, ultimately the, the ultimate bad guy wins. So Yeah, he gets, uh, he gets what he needs. And really, it's the Trade Federation. They lose a battle, but they don't lose the war. They don't stand down, and we're going to see them come right back with even bigger bigger armies. Yeah. Yeah. So in my mind, um, he's one of the greatest villains, and we see his first moves in taking over the galaxy here in this film. There's a lot of setup in The Phantom Menace, and we've talked about those, some of those in previous episodes with you know the introduction of the Jedi to the saga now this and so there's a lot of introductory stuff which can be hard to pull off in a movie especially if it ends up you know at the time it was going to be a six film saga it turned into a an 11 film saga and so you got to have some good setup you know something that's going to last for 40 years and make sense and mean something and the phantom menace does that in my mind it's it puts the pieces on the board it arranges them in a way that you're interested in watching and seeing what happens and phantom menace gets a lot of hate for silly things in my mind you know jar jar binks or young anakin is a kid and he's so innocent and i wanted i wanted him to be evil and all this stuff but yet that's that's the play you know that's the beginning move right there is all these things it does it does set it up well um which to me is hard to pull off when you already have the center center part of the story episodes four five and six are already done so you have to lead up to something that's already done make it all coherence and then extend it into the future and i think it does it really well um i have never understood the hate um jar jar's annoying but no more annoying than than 3po in the original trilogy so yeah. i don't get it yeah and it's funny because as you know, I saw the film in theaters in 1999, and I was like, "Well, he's Jar Jar's annoying." But then, as I got older and had kids, and he was showing my four-year-old son the film, and he was watching Jar Jar and laughing at Jar Jar, I was like, "Oh, well, that makes sense now." <laughs> um, and even as time went on, and they had Jar Jar episodes in the Clone Wars, I was actually laughing with Jar Jar or at Jar Jar because of his antics instead of rolling my eyes i was like oh that was funny so he he ends up redeeming himself as maybe it's just as you get older you find things funnier or whatever the case may be but yeah so that, that's our introduction to darth sidious and the phantom menace we see how he gets involved with um the story the galaxy how he you know he's playing two sides you know the evil sith lord and the benevolent chancellor wanting to help out the the queen of naboo padme and we're introduced to that story and it gets going from there. Any final thoughts on Darth Sidious and his machinations, Harry? Uh, just that uh, he is one of the greatest bad guys of all time in film or literature. Uh, he's pretty cool. And it's fun to see the, the beginning of his saga is this guy who just, he really, really likes power and he's going to do whatever it takes to get it. Yep. So we want to thank you guys for joining us here on the Credible Nerds podcast and this special series on The Phantom Menace, uh, arguments as to why The Phantom Menace is a great Star Wars movie, or as we also lovingly call it, why The Phantom Menace doesn't suck. So <laughs> this is episode five and episode six, we'll be talking more about the Trade Federation and their droid army. We talked a little bit about it in this episode, but we'll go into more detail um, in the next episode. So stay tuned and... Um, 
definitely listen to the previous four episodes if you haven't already and you know keep on listening we appreciate your your patronage and your willingness to listen to our podcast about star wars so thank you guys and we'll catch you next time bye